This is the Big Brand Theory Podcast by Blackwood Creative with your host, Ryan Zerfus. And now, here's Ryan. Hey, hey, guys, and welcome back to the Big Brand Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Zerfus, VP of Customer Success here at Blackwood Creative in Mishawaka, Indiana. It's really a beautiful, beautiful place to live. You should check it out if you haven't. Um, But we're so glad that you're joining us today for this episode of the Big Brand Theory podcast, where we're going to be talking about all things blogging and copywriting and just the joys of creative writing. And uh, I'm excited because I get to do this not only with one person, but two great people, one of whom is here with me, Maddie Keaton. Hello. Yeah, Maddie, <laughs> thanks for joining us. She is our one of our copywriters here at Blackwood Creative um, in Mishawaka. And then we have Dan Martsulo joining us all the way from Colorado. Hey guys, thanks for having me this morning. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, no, thanks for you know coming all the way over to Indiana via <laughs> the interwebs. Um, and quite a trip. Over here. Yeah, quite a trip. <laughs> um, and so Dan uh, is the founder and CEO of Martsulo Associates, which is a content marketing agency out in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, which is a wonderful place. And so we're a little jealous that you get to call that home. Um, <laughs> but uh, Dan, how long have you guys been in business over there? Uh, yeah, a little under five years now. So just rocking and rolling. Okay, no, that's awesome. So, so thanks to the both of you for joining us today as we jump into this conversation on copywriting. Um, but before we do that, I, I have a really important question I want to ask, okay? Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. Gear up. This is a big one. Um, are you more of a cat person or a dog person? Dan, why, why don't we start with you? <laughs> yeah, Ryan, I think I would say I'm more of a dog person. I've had both in the past, but I'm, I'm more partial to dogs. <laughs> oh, okay. Very interesting. Okay. Now, Maddie, where do you think you fall? I feel like I can't choose because one of my sons will be upset. But as the owner of one dog and one cat, I feel like I have to say that I love both equally. Okay, you <laughs> love both equally. Okay, well, way to spread the love. Um, okay, so to play my cards, uh, like Dan, and I think Maddie, uh, I grew up with both, but in, in my later years, later, like I'm super old, but <laughs> now that I have grown up a little bit, uh, I have found cats to be more my jam. I, I just really, really love cats. I, I think dogs are fine. They're, they're cool in their own right, but there's just something about cats that, you know, are the, they're just the best. So Dan, real quick, can you, I find it interesting, you know, you're, you're a dog person, Maddie's sort of in the middle. I'm more of a cat person. Can you give a quick defense as to why are dogs so great? You know, I think they don't destroy your house as bad, right? You hmm. can't ruin your carpet and all that. <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. Interesting. That's an interesting. I would have thought the opposite, but yeah, my my dog might um, fight you on that one a little bit. <laughs> I so guess it does depends your... on the breed, huh? Yeah. yeah. Does your dog not like tear up shoes or anything like that? No. Luckily, that's the one thing that he doesn't do, which is awesome. He's never destroyed any of our stuff. 
Wow. Okay. I, you must have a, a blessed situation over there in Colorado. <laughs> um, I mean, I know some great dogs, but it sounds like you've got a top of the line dog over there. Um, <laughs> Maddie, why you, you fall in the middle. So if, if you had to pick one, like wh which, where would you fall and why? If I had to pick one, um, I would probably say dogs just because my first pet actually was the dog that I have now. Um, and so his name is Sparrow and I feel like Sparrow and I have a special bond just because, you know, that's my first pet and mm, you your know, first love. Yeah. <laughs> we're a little bit attached. Um, <laughs> so I'd probably have to say, yeah. And my cat Vladimir doesn't really like me so oh well you know i mean he does he tolerates me because i feed him <laughs> but um yeah he definitely prefers uh my better half yeah yeah okay <laughs> um yeah and for me cats i love cats because i feel like dogs i feel like on the whole when you meet a dog they're gonna love you which is great i mean who doesn't want that you know you walk up to a dog they're usually happy they jump on you they start licking you it's like you're the best thing that's ever walked in the room even when you meet a new dog but what i like about cats is like i like the challenge of trying to befriend a cat because every cat is so vastly different i feel like and they have very distinct personality traits and so it's like it's not just assumed that when you walk in a room the cat's going to be like oh i'm so glad you're here let me come up and love you it's like no it's going to take two weeks for you to try to earn my affection um and i like that process as weird as that sounds you're because in it for the chase i mean yeah <laughs> i think every cat is very unique so anyways um well I mean, dogs and cats, they're wonderful. If you don't have one, you should get one. They just really enhance your life. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Uh, we're actually here <laughs> to talk about copywriting, which is a wonderful field and world to be in that I actually am relatively unfamiliar with. Um, I am not a copywriter. I don't write blogs. I don't write copy for much of anything. I mean, I write posts on social media. So I guess that's a form of copy, but I do that very, um, not as professionally as, as you guys do. Um, and so I really admire what you guys bring to the table. I admire your, um, your craft and the time that you've put into it. So I'm really excited to hear what you guys have to say today. And, and for those that are tuning in and, and listening, um, you know, I really hope that this conversation, uh, challenges you and your copy as well and, and your writing skills, maybe to think a little bit more creatively or, or even just to leave with some more practical tips and tricks on, on how to really up your, your copywriting game. Um, so we're going to jump into it um, and sort of just start with uh, blogs. Um, blogs are a pretty typical form of copy that we see out in the world. And, and so I'm curious what you guys say as far as blogging because I think some people look at when they're, when they're in a company in a business and they look at blogging, there might be the question of what's the importance of it? What's the, what's the purpose of blogging and should I consider it? And so I think that's a good place for us to start is what, why do you guys think blogging is an important practice that companies should consider having in their sort of uh, marketing toolbox? Dan, you want to kick it off for us? Sure. Yeah. You know, I think it's most important to realize that blogging is a long-term play, right? Like it's not one of those strategies that 
you're going to probably drive 50 new clients from the first blog you put out. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think for me, what I think of is, is two things really is SEO, right? Um, when you mm. start blogging regularly, you're building website traffic and, you know, more eyeballs to what it is you do. So that's a great channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that too, I think thought leadership is a big one because anybody that's researching you or trying to, you know, learn more about your product, they want to find social proof and make sure that you're Mm. the solution to what they need. And so if you can educate them through those blogs, I mean, that's just huge. Those are kind of the two points I think of. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, And for anyone listening, I think most people would know SEO, but SEO is search engine optimization. So that's things that you do um, on your website, website specifically that um, uh, create higher ranking in Google and search um, so that you will be found and people will get to your website. Um, but I, yeah, I love that. And um, yeah, so that's great. So Maddie, what, what do you think on this? Why, why are blogs so important for companies to consider? Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of Dan on this one too, and talk a little bit about SEO because mm-hmm. I mean, in my experience, I've seen people kind of look down on blogs and be like, you know, this doesn't really seem worth it. Um, And they just don't realize that it really is like a long-term thing because, you know, with SEO, you can rank for different keywords. And honestly, like you could probably come up with keywords for a really, really, really long time before you run (laughs) out. I mean, sometimes you think you're out and then, you know, there's this whole other little category of words you haven't even tried yet. So, Mm. I mean, think of all of the possible ways that you can reach your audience. Um, and, you know, have a blog post that's actually giving value to people. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think it's a, it's a really, really great way to reach a huge amount of people potentially. Yeah. Um, you just have to stick with it and, yeah. you know, do it as much as you can. Yeah. I think it's super valuable. Yeah. And I, what I, something I like about what you guys said is like, there's the combination between like blogging is, is a pretty easy way to, like what Dan said, like build up your credibility as a thought leader, which I think is, is very important. Obviously when you're running a company, you want the, the, you want your potential clients to see you as, uh, as a leader in your industry, as someone who really knows their stuff. Um, but with blogs, you can also be very targeted in, like you said, the kind of words that you're including in the blog so that it is specifically reaching a specific audience. So I like that combination of being able to sort of write freely about your expertise and the thing that you love and obviously hopefully are passionate about, but then also be very targeted in your writing to be reaching specific people with, with the, the blog. Um, I think another thing for me, and again, I'm no, no expert at this, but I've seen here at Blackwood done a lot is people will um, from blogs, it's a great bank of content for repurposing for other channels, right? In marketing. So if you have an ongoing blog on your website and you're posting even, you know, twice a month, well, that's two times a month that you're putting out a ton of content that then your marketers or your team, whoever it is, can then go out and repurpose that content for other channels, um, instead of trying to just work from scratch. Um, and so that's a great up, you know, start leg up, I guess you could say for, for your team, your marketers to work from is to have that, that library of content to work from. Um, so I, I think the, the next question is, you know, let's say 
someone, a, a business decides to pull the trigger and is like, okay, let's, let's try blogging out. Let's jump into the world of blogging. Um, I guess the, the next question would be like, well, what do we blog about? What do we start writing about? So what would you guys say? That's a pretty open-ended thing I know, and it could be situational, but what would you guys say? What does a brand blog about? Go ahead, um, Maddie. Oh, all right. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think one of the best ways to get started when you're writing a blog is to think like your target audience. Um, I mean, it's something you hear in marketing all the time, like think like your consumer, think you like your customer and like actually answer questions that they might have about your business, about your industry, about your product. You know, it's, it's a great starting place to think about like what your customers are actually looking for when they do, you know, come across your website or what they are mm. typing into Google. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of like you were just saying with repurposing content, you know, if you write a really good blog and there's something you mention in it, like a concept or a social media platform, you can take that and then expand on that. Mm -hmm. And there you have another blog post yeah. from, from a blog post. And it's, you know, <laughs> blog, nice posts blog, post blog posts on blog posts on blog posts. Yeah. Yeah. They're basically writing themselves at this point. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. what I would say. No, no. I, yeah. I love that. And I think that's a, a great point. Um, Dan, what do you have to say on, on this? What, what do you think brands should blog about? Yeah. So I think, well, yeah, playing off what Maddie said, there's tons of opportunities around you with your business, but if you're just really stumped for words, you're like, man, I just don't know what the heck to write about today. You know, figure out one thing that we like to do and we talk about a lot is use answerthepublic.com. Um, I don't know if everybody's familiar with this, but essentially it's this free website um, where you can literally take any kind of topic that you're thinking of writing about. So maybe it's something related to your services or what you do as a business. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, type in a couple of those like topic overview keywords in the answer the public and it'll literally spit out like this really nice looking graph of all of the top search phrases that people are searching around mm. um, that topic. So right out of the gate there, it's kind of an SEO gold mine, right? Because you can see what people want to know about what it is that you're thinking. And then you can literally just take those, um, those like fragments and those phrases that it spits out and turn those directly into blog posts, which is an easy thing to do. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I don't know if people get here, but I just typed that website. Into yeah, website. <laughs> no, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great resource to know. Um, uh, yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I like what you guys are saying. I think, you know, my, my take on it would be like what Maddie said is like, you really have to be thinking from your, your customers shoes their perspective i mean that's the person that you're really wanting the ultimate person that you're wanting to engage so you need to think like you know what what are people searching to find out about my business what are people most curious about when it comes to my business or what do i feel like are the biggest knowledge gaps when it comes to my business and my customers and then using your blogs as a platform to fill those gaps or to reach that audience in the way that they are looking right in, in the places that they're already going. Um, and one thing that I, I like about like what Maddie, I've seen Maddie do, and I'm sure Dan, you do this too, is, um, you don't have to, uh, do everything last minute in the world of blogging. You could, you can work ahead and, you know, you could come up with a list of 50 topics that you want to write about. You know, you could brainstorm or you could have a team meeting and be like, Hey guys, you know, we have 12 blogs in the next 12 months that we need to write. Um, you know, let's come up with 
12 topics that we'd want to write about so that you're not having, you know, Dan, what you said, like, you're not getting to that last minute and be like, crap, what do I want to write about? You can have all that stuff ready and be ready to go. Um, and, and that's a nice thing about blogging as well as you can, you can definitely work ahead and not be under the gun when it comes to getting content out. Um, exactly. so yeah, so, um, Okay, so how do I then take my blog content, the, the stuff that I'm putting out there, and how do I sort of make it go even further and extend its organic reach? What does that look like to make it go even further organically? Yeah, Ryan, I think you kind of touched on this earlier too. What I would say here is repurpose that blog. You know, I think so many people are in the habit of, oh, cool, I wrote a blog post, I published it, I shared it once on LinkedIn, and that's it. You know, <laughs> yeah. nobody will ever see it again. So um, if you can, you know, you put in all that time, that investment into creating that post. So, um, you know, schedule out other content to pull from that, right? Turn that mm -hmm. into a quote image from it for Instagram or pull a snippet for LinkedIn or just reshare the, I mean, there's so many opportunities you have to create additional content and mm -hmm. link back to that blog post so that people see it. Yeah. Right. I mean, our social feeds are so crammed up. You got to really penetrate to get seen and get visible on those posts. So do whatever you can repurpose to get it out there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's so true. <laughs> you have to be persistent. Um, right. <laughs> if you, if you want to be seen. So, um, yeah, yeah. Maddie, you have any further thoughts on that one as well? Yeah. Something I think we've touched on at least a little bit so far in our conversation is keyword research. Um, and so one of the things that I think is, you know, important to increasing your reach is to try and rank for keywords if possible with like lower competition. Mm. Um, because you know, when people are searching for it, but there's not a lot of people answering or providing resources for that search term that gives you an opportunity to kind of slide in there and be like hey you know <laughs> take a take a peek at my company real quick yeah um yeah so, sort of taking the path of least resistance yeah. instead of trying to push through as hard as you can on something that's like a brick wall yeah exactly and actually something that um dan and i talked about on our phone call a couple weeks ago um you had mentioned um, ranking for phrases that people would ask Siri or ask Alexa. Um, would you mind talking a little more about that? Because that's super interesting to me and I want to hear more from you. Yeah, definitely, Maddie. So that's one of the biggest trends right now, right? Is there's more and more searches through Google are just being done over voice in the phone, mm -hmm. right? It's not, you know, back in the early days of Google, it was like Barbershop Colorado, you know, very robotic, like key term and location. And now it's a lot more conversational. It's like, you know, hey, Siri, find me a barbershop in Colorado Springs. So you can start ranking for these conversational phrases that somebody would say to mm -hmm. Alexa or Siri or Google, whatever it is, um, you know, because that's what those terms are going to rank just as well now because people are doing that a lot more versus just typing into Google mm -hmm. what it is they need. Hmm. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought about the changing dynamics of how people are searching now. I, now I, and now that you say it, it's like, oh, geez, I do that too. You know, like where you, you right. talk to the device to search something <laughs> instead of typing it. Yeah. I had that exact same reaction. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. It, sometimes I think the world is changing and obviously we're changing with it. Um, but sometimes I think we forget how we're changing, you know, like mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not cognizant yeah. of that until you like, Dan, you stop and say, Hey, actually, you know, people are searching by voice like, Oh, 
yeah, they are. I do that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> so that's great advice. You know, you got to stay with where the people are at and what they're doing and how they're like, you know, how they're reaching out, how they're searching. Um, I, one question that's come to mind is, um, I think another thing that people wonder about in the world of copywriting and blogging is, um, how often should I be doing this? Um, you know, uh, you know, there's lots of questions about like, what should, what should we blog about and what kind of topics, but then what's the frequency? So would you guys have any input on how often do you think a company should be blogging? And I know it might vary, but what would be like a, a generic response? Yeah. So I think my, my response is always the more, the better, right? The more you can do it, the more, more chance you had to get in front of your audience. But mm. I say bare minimum is I would at least try to get a blog out a week because, um, for SEO purposes to start ranking and climbing in Google, um, they want to see some regularity there and a normal pattern. So once you yeah. start doing that, um, that's really going to help you kind of climb, um, so I would say at least once a week and then your readers too kind of can expect, cool, these guys are putting out regular mm. content. They're positioning themselves as a thought leader. Yeah. Um, so that would yeah. probably be, yeah, that's what I would say at least once a week more if you can. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. I, I, uh, part of the reason I asked that question is cause I, I don't even necessarily know what's the right answer. Um, and I think what you said, Dan makes a lot of sense. Like, if you're going to want, if, if you want to be perceived as a leader, then you need to be putting out regular valuable content, even in blogging, because how often do you go to like a place where content lives or, or a blog and the last post was like two months ago and you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to move on because obviously they're not very engaged or they're not very active, you know, like it, it's almost instantly like a turnoff as a visitor to see like a, an old, the last post being a while ago. Um, so to your point, Dan, like if you're putting out content every seven days, every three days, then that will guarantee that your visitors, when they land on your, your blog page will be like, Oh wow. Okay. They're like posting like all the, they're very active. They know their stuff. They're talking about all these different things. It will instantly build up that credibility instead of them being like, Oh, never mind. I'm going to go somewhere else. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Matt, do you have any thoughts on the matter of, of how often, or do you just sort of concur with the conversation? I think I'm going to take what Dan said and I'm going to just retweet it. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, repurposing. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> just everything you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know here at, at Blackwood, how often do we blog internally? We do two blogs a week. We do a Tuesday blog and a Thursday. Blog. Yeah. So here we're blog. Awesome. I, and I don't know, Dan, if you blog, I know you blog for client, you know, you do a lot of copywriting for clients. Do you guys have an internal blog for your company? Yeah, we do. We've got one on the site as well. Okay. And how often do you guys post? Yeah. Once a week between our website blog and then we have blogs on other channels too, like LinkedIn and Medium okay. and all that. So gotcha. yeah. Nice. Okay. Really cool. Um, so we touched on keywords a little bit earlier. Um, keywords is something that honestly, I, I know what keywords are and I, I know they're important, um, but I'm relatively uh, amateur when it comes to knowing like the depths of keywords research and how it works. So what are some of the best practices that you guys have for keyword research? How does that work? What should people be doing? 
Well, I also am a little bit new to keyword research. It's something I've been diving into more recently. Um, and so far, I've found it really helpful to, you know, do your research on keyword research tools, hmm. which I know sounds really funny, but there's a ton that are, you know, online that are, there's some that are free, there's some that are paid, um, that, you know, find all sorts of keywords. You can type in a keyword to start, type in your website to start. There's all kinds of stuff, hmm. but you want to make sure that you're finding one that's actually reputable and one that's actually finding valuable keywords rather than just nonsense. Um, Cause I've, I've done some, you know, just in testing like different tools where I'll be like, okay, so this is the website that I want to find keywords for. Um, and this is the general location. Let's find out, you know, what they have to say. And yeah. then it's, it's words strung together that nobody would ever type into Google. <laughs> like, okay, there's a plant sitting in front of me. It would say like, I don't know, leaf green on tree or something like who's going to put that in a blog post? Certainly not me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I talk so like just, that all the time. So I don't, oh, I don't know well, what you mean, but perhaps I stand correct. Yeah, no. but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for myself, I've found it helpful to definitely, you know, check the vet, the tools that you're going to use before you do it. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what I'm hearing from you, Maddie is, um, in the world of keyword research, there's so many tools out there. So first off, use yes. it, you, use the tools that are out there. And then secondly, know that there is a variance in quality of the tools. So check that before you <laughs> dive fully into one of those tools to make sure it's the, the optimal one for what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So how <laughs> about how, to past me? <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, how about you, Dan? What would you say as far as like some best practices when it comes to keyword research? Yeah, I think Maddie hit it on the head. That's a good place to start with a good tool. And I think this is one of those questions that could be a whole episode in itself, right? But <laughs> right. Um, to keep things kind of high level is, you know, that's kind of my process would be start with a tool, figure out, okay, well, what's the goal for this blog post or whatever it is that I'm trying to rank first, right? Um, figure out who's going to read it, who your target mm -hmm. is, and then, um, you know, try out, test out some different keyword phrases in uh, one of the tools that you use. So we love Uber Suggest from Neil Patel. That's our favorite. Um, and then what we'll do is we'll type in phrases that have a decent search volume, you know, enough people every month are actually searching this in Google, but at the same time, a low competitiveness. So, sure. you know, I'm not going to try and rank for health supplements on Google, <laughs> right? I mean, good luck. <laughs> right. Right. Every vitamin shop and GNC, every big box <laughs> player is going to beat us out, right? We'll be on page 90 of Google. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so that would be my first step is, okay, cool. We've identified those keywords that are going to be good for this post. Um, and then it's kind of some you know, simple best practices of, okay, including that keyword in our title and some of our H2s and headings throughout the post yeah. and the text, you know, throw some backlinks in there. So that would be kind of my process of find the keyword with a good tool and then just make sure you're optimizing that article with that mm. phrase effectively. Mm. Yeah. So I guess the question that I have that maybe this is a potential hang up in the world of blogging and keyword research is, Obviously you, you're doing 
keyword research because you want to optimize the performance of your blog, right? You're, you're wanting it to engage the right people and as many of those people as you can. Um, but I think what sometimes happens is people will sacrifice the actual quality of the blog and the way it reads for SEO and, you know, ranking and, um, keywords. So how in your guys' sort of take on this, how do you navigate having keywords that you want to include in the blog, but still writing a blog that reads properly is, is organic and natural and valuable. How do you combine those things? Yeah. So I, yeah, like you said, Ryan, write for humans, not robots. That's kind of what I always say. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's, that's a, I mean, that's a great takeaway, right? For humans, not robots. Yeah. I think you got to find that balance. You know, you don't want to sound super, you know, robotic in what you're writing just to rank for a keyword. And Google now is right. It's getting so smart that it'll, you know, they pick up on that kind of stuff. So that's not mm-hmm. always going to be in your best interest. But one of the things I think of is with, like we just talked about voice search being more popular and just long phrase, long tail keywords being searched in Google, even over typing over the computer, um, people are getting more conversational regardless. So you can easily find phrases that are more natural to include in that article. Mm, yeah. Yeah, Definitely. This time I will quote retweet because uh, <laughs> I do the same thing with uh, finding more natural keywords. And I think that is super, super helpful. Um, and <laughs> I guess when I'm writing, I kind of imagine like if I were to have a conversation with either myself or someone who I'm trying to actually explain this concept to, how would I say it in a way that sounds you know, professional and like we know what we're talking about, but also is understandable. Um, Mm -hmm. Because something that I've got a lot of passion for, I guess, is accessibility. Um, I think it's really crappy when people write in a way that like only super, super smart people can understand and like people who use huge words in their vocabulary. Um, And so I think it's important to make sure that you keep in mind like normal people are reading what you write and you know write for humans of course but also write for people who like you want to have understand what you're trying to tell them like write in a way that you get your message across clearly without you know sounding too academic i guess yeah (laughs) and i i think to sort of jump on that as well is you know, different blogs are obviously going to be your, your goal for the kind of person that you're trying to engage could be different. So maybe some blogs, it is intended to be very technical, very specific Mm -hmm. audience. You're writing this blog because you're really trying to reach a very specific segment of person out in the world. Well, then maybe it is okay to write in more of a very high level, you know, high voice, very technical, you know, like big words, because that's the audience you're trying to engage. But if Mm -hmm. you're just sort of writing, if you're writing blogs just sort of to engage the general public and just draw in traffic, you know, general traffic, then for sure, like you you need to write so that anyone could really come and understand what you're writing about. Um, So I I think, and I don't know if you guys concur with that, but I think you need to think of like, what's the goal with my blog and who, who, what kind of person am I trying to engage with this content? Totally. Um, So absolutely. I think it always comes back to what, you know, your target audience. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We got to keep that in mind. So, all right. So a little, jumping out of the, the world of specifically blogging a little bit, um, let's talk about just general copywriting because, um, well, that obviously informs blogging, but also informs a lot of other things and just content writing. Um, what do you guys are think are some of the best writing exercises to become just a better copywriter? So, um, yeah, we talked about what are some of the best practices for keyword research. Now, what are some of the best practices for just enhancing your copywriting game? Something that has stuck with me since my junior year of high school, um, one of my English teachers um, talked to us about, you know, if you have an author whose work you really, really like, try kind of imitating the style that they write in. Um, and so something mm-hmm. that I like to do to make sure I'm staying on top of my game um, <laughs> is to just read other people's blogs. Um, I like to go, one of my favorites is, um, I think it's Todoist. It's by The Doist or something, <laughs> some company like that. I don't know. It's a great blog. I think, you know, their writing is spectacular. They talk about, you know, remote work a lot, which I've found very helpful, mm. you know, being a college student and on top of the, you know, world situation that we're in um but yeah any any way that you can emulate your favorite writers Mm. is a great is a great place to start i think you know obviously don't plagiarize because we don't like that but (laughs) right mimicry is a form of flattery or whatever the quote is (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I, i think to go off of that like if you find writing that you admire and like, and then you sort of take that on, um, I do think that's somewhat of like finding your voice, even though you're like sort of mimicking, you said, but like, if you admire someone's writing, there's a reason why you, you, Maddie, like it, you know? So it (laughs) jives with who you are as a person and how you read and, and what, what caters to you. So then to go and sort of turn and sort of write in that same style really is sort of finding your voice as well, even though it is like, you know, like I said, sort of mimicking, sort of imitating. It is, it's what you enjoy. It's the way you like to be communicated to and also communicate to others. So I think that's cool. You know, get out there, start read, you know, start reading, reading blogs, just reading content in general, um, to uh, find out what kind of styles you like the most. So Dan, what, what do you think? What are some, some tips that you would give for how to just improve in, in copywriting? Yeah. So basically kind of taking one step further, pretty similar to what you guys just said was, this is an exercise I learned a while ago. I don't really remember where I got this originally, but, um, literally taking a piece of copy from, an author or writer that you really admire and like, whether it's their blog, a page from their book, whatever, and literally just copy it, write it down on paper with pen, Mm. Um, you know, word for word copy, you know, the entire blog or an entire chapter um, because that gets your brain to understand their tone of voice and their flow. And it helps you connect those dots so that you can do that better. So if you're like, wow, I really love his style. You know, I want to get my style better and you start practicing that and just, you know, writing it down word for word, Mm. that's going to help you kind of make those connections. Mm. Um, I know a lot of writers, um, when they first started every day, you know, they get up, that's the first thing they would do before they would write. They'd take like 20 minutes a day and they would just write, you know, word for word, copy one of their favorite writers stuff. Um, Mm. and that would just kind of help them 
improve over time. Right. And yeah. obviously, like you said, no plagiarism, don't go post that <laughs> online <laughs> and call it your own afterwards. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's really, that's really interesting. I like that. I like how that adds on, like Maddie's saying, you know, go and find authors that you enjoy and read it. And then you are sort of taking that step further and say, and then if you really want to enhance your skills, don't just read it, then write it down. Um, yeah, I feel like there's, there's some psychological studies that could probably be done on what you're saying as far as like why that matters, why it matters between just reading something and then actually writing the process of writing and what that does to us as people and why that would improve your skills to write what someone else has said, you know, but it, but you're, you know, like it, it does, it improves your writing. So, um, so that's really, I find that really interesting. Um, so I, I, I think some people worry when they get into the world of copywriting and content in general is I don't want to be bland. I don't want to be lame. I don't want people to think I'm boring. You know, all the natural fears that come up because we're people, it's just, it happens in any industry, but specifically with copywriting, it comes up with where I don't want to perceived as being a stick in the mud or not knowing my stuff or not being engaging. So from your guys's perspective, how, if someone was feeling that way, what would be some advice as to like, how do they inject more personality into their writing? Right. Caffeinated. That's my best advice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's, what's your caffeine of choice? Uh, just plain old black coffee. Okay. You're a black <laughs> nice. coffee guy. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so right caffeinated. So, so tell me a little bit more about that. Why, why would you say that? <laughs> yeah. And this tip comes straight from Neville Medora. He's like one of the best copywriters of all time in my opinion. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, he says that if you're, if you're exhausted, right. And your mind's already tired and sleepy, that's how your writing is going to come mm -hmm. out. That's how you're going to sound. So <clears throat> you really need to get yourself pumped up. You know, if you want to have a really engaging and, you know, writing a blog that's full of personality, make sure that you're awake and in that zone, because whatever kind of emotions you're feeling, uh, that's going to come out in your writing. So make mm -hmm. sure you're in the best mental state, um, to do that. Hmm. That's, that's great. I think that's wonderful. <laughs> Ca caffeine. All right. Caffeine is the answer. Um, always. 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 <laughs> You're a coffee drinker too, right? Maddie? Oh, yes. Uh, oh, I yes. Am. I am not a coffee drinker. So I have wow. to, I'm also not a copywriter. So it doesn't really matter as much. <laughs> it but, comes with the territory, uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But in all things, I mean, even with this, this podcast, I mean, I, I think the concept applies. It's a little, it's transferable to other things as well as, you know, for this, if I came into this recording, having gotten a horrible night of sleep or, you know, having something not great happening in my personal life or whatever, feeling exhausted, it would come across right in the, in my voice in oh, the podcast totally. recording. Um, so whether it's spoken voice or whether it's written voice, I think the concept applies where, um, your sort of and I, this is like a, a weird word, you know, your energy, or like you said, your sort of emotional state is going to come across in the platform that you're using. Your vibe. Um, yeah. Your vibe. <laughs> what are you vibing? Um, so Maddie, what would you say? What, what do you have any other tips or tricks or things to say when it comes to injecting personality into your writing? Yeah, I think um, actually this ties in really well with what we were just saying about spoken word versus written word. Um, and this is not for everybody. I know that 
I don't like listening to my voice on recording. I say as I'm <laughs> recording a podcast. Whoa. Um, <laughs> but one of the ways that I've found it helpful, even just for proofreading in general, um, is to, you know, most smartphones have like a voice memos app um, where you can just read your blog out loud and record yourself, mm. um, listen back. And if you want to fall asleep, then it's probably a sign that you know, maybe your writing could use some pizzazz. Um, <laughs> but I think it's a good way to hear hear your words and kind of experience them in a different way than you would just reading them. Mm. Um, because then you'll pick up on things that, you know, maybe you couldn't just with your eyes. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, sometimes it takes actually hearing the words spoken to realize, oh, eh, maybe that doesn't sound great. Or like, you know, maybe I could use a little extra explanation here because that didn't really come across the way I wanted it to. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, that's great. I, I hadn't considered that one. Yeah. Say it or record it in a different way than the way that, you know, like don't just read it, say it, record it. Like that's, that's a, that's a great piece of advice. I think even to go maybe even one step further too, like if you're writing something and you're a little uneasy or unsure, like, I don't know how this is coming out. I don't know if this is very engaging or very good. You can, you know, do what Maddie said. I think that's a, a great step, but then also like just have someone else read it internally, right? Like on yeah. your team. Like if you're writing something like, ah, I'm not sure about this or this feels bland to me. Well, someone else, you know, someone you trust that's willing to tell you the, the truth, <laughs> give it to them and say, Hey, I just wrote this. I'm not sure about it. Could you let me know? is this bland or is this engaging? Um, and give me the honest truth, like what, what you actually think about it. Um, I think getting someone else's opinion because we get so caught up, you know, in our own head of like, we're just so, we're, we're weird animals, <laughs> humans, you know? So like when we're writing something, we're, especially when you're a copywriter, I'm sure, you know, you guys are writing all the time. You're up in your head all the time, right? You're, you're thinking. And, and so it's probably hard for you to sort of step away at times and really have a, a truly accurate, critical eye of what you're writing without someone else speaking into it. Um, so that would be my advice is let someone else have it and let them give you the honest truth. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. what the editing process is for. You know what I mean? Get your right. thoughts out on paper and write it out and then go back and refine it. Totally. Yeah. Four eyes are better than two always. Four <laughs> eyes are better than two. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, um, we have more content that we want to get to, but we're, we're, we're going to stop it short just because we want to, you know, keep more out there for us to talk on another day, but I've loved this conversation. Um, I, I love what you, like I said at the beginning, like I love what you guys bring to the table. I, I really admire what you guys do. I think it is definitely a craft and a skill that n not everyone has for sure. And not many people have. And so, um, and like, I, like what I just said, like the reality that, you know, when you're a professional copywriter, which you guys are, you guys are, you guys are writing copy all the time and you're not only writing it for yourselves, you're writing it for other people. You're writing on all sorts of topics for different industries, for different types of people. And so just the, yeah, the, the professionalism and the expertise that's required to go into that for you guys to do that well is very admirable. So Aww. 
kudos to both of you for what you do. I think it's incredible. And the way that you guys are helping businesses grow through content marketing, through blogging, through copywriting is, is really cool. Um, so both of you keep up the great work. Um, I, and I, I think I, there's one question that just popped in my head that I want to hit before we, before we wrap this up. Um, for because I'm thinking about the person that's that's listening in on this episode, and maybe they're considering, you know, they're in uh, their business, and they're trying to consider like, okay, I want to up our copywriting game. Maybe I want to start a blog, or I want to start writing whatever kind of content. Um, how do they make the the decision between hiring an internal copywriter and hiring an agency? How do you how do you guys think? businesses should go about that decision? I know that's sort of a big question, but it just, I think it's a good one to hit on right before we wrap things up. Dan, what would you say? How do you, how do you think businesses make that decision? Yeah, that's tough, Ryan. I think it depends on your copy needs, right? If you have enough needs to where you're going to, you can employ somebody in-house to, you know, every day, all day, be working on your projects, which I think you should, right? You should have, you should dedicate a big portion of that. Yeah. Um, then you can go in house if maybe it's not your number one focus and you have a little less copywriting needs, it doesn't justify a full-time hire. That's mm. when you can kind of turn to an agency there um, mm -hmm. to kind of fill in those gaps. But also, you know, obviously we're, we're biased, right? We both run marketing agencies <laughs> here. So um, sure. I think <laughs> you also get those resources of the entire team and that expertise of everyone versus just one in-house hire. So I think you get some mm -hmm. advantage there um, yeah. if you're looking for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, yeah, especially because your company is specifically content marketing, copywriting, um, SEO, like that's what your entire team focuses on. I think the, the weight of what you're saying is definitely true. Like you get the, when someone goes, you know, with you guys and, and uses you as your copywriters, they get the benefit of your entire team who all are, can help in the process and be a part of that editing process that we talked about, you know, having multiple sets of eyes on your copy to make sure that it's as good as it can be and, and engages the right audience with the right message. Um, so yeah, that's, that's great. Maddie, would you have any input on how does a business decide between hiring someone internal and hiring an agency? Wow, I think this is going to be the third retweet of the podcast. Um, <laughs> another quote retweet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it really does depend on your individual needs as far as copywriting for your business, mm -hmm. um, because you know it is all about how much do you have going on with copywriting. Like you know, if it is a huge part of your business, then you know, right. you might have yeah. a little bit more luck with, you know, getting one person who can focus on your brand all the time. Yeah. Um, and there is value to that as well, you know, cause they're, they're going to understand your team really, right. really yeah, well. They're in your, they're in your building with your people. Oh yeah. yeah. All up in your business. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, then you also have agencies that have like all, all sorts of facets of industry experience, yeah. um, that are all working together for your brand. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it really sometimes comes down to like, what is, what do you need right now? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I like that. I, I like that honest assessment sort of between like the benefit of bringing someone internal is they're there with your team and they are, you know, like Dan said, if they're a full-time position, they're 100% dedicated to 
writing copy f just for your brand. Um, but then the benefit of an agency is that you get a whole group of people. But the reality is, is that you're not the only brand, hopefully, <laughs> that, they're, that they're writing for, right? So, you know, you have to understand that, like, yes, you have a whole team of people. And that's the same thing here at Blackwood. You know, you have a whole team of people who are working to your benefit. And obviously, we are very dedicated to your success and growth, just as Martsulo Associates is as well. Um, but you aren't our only client. So there's, there's sort of that give and take of, of either having a team of people who are sort of with your brand and, and writing copy for you or having that single one person in-house that's solely dedicated to it. And like you guys have said, you sort of have to figure out what, where are my needs, how high are my needs, how much copywriting needs to be done, um, and how, how can I best get that done? So, um, yeah, I think that's great. And I, I just, I want to hit on that just because, you know, people that are listening might, that might be a, an honest question that they have. They might wonder like, well, how do I decide between those? Like, when do I do things internal and when do I do things outsourced? Um, and that's a great question. So, um, well guys, it's been so great having both of you on the show, um, for this episode on copywriting. I really appreciate both of you and, um, and, uh, just all of the, the wonderful things that you guys do and know, um, because I don't know or do those things and you guys do, and you're wonderful. So Dan, thanks for joining all the way from Colorado today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me guys. I appreciate it. That was fun. Yeah, for sure. It's always fun to meet new people, um, especially on a podcast. And uh, Dan, it seems like what you've got going on out in Colorado is awesome. I'm sure your team of people is top notch and uh, that you're running a tight ship out there and writing great copy for all of your clients. <laughs> um, and so thanks for joining us. And Maddie, as always, thanks for her joining us here in the studio. It's Thank always a pleasure me. to have you. And uh, I've said this before, but I love watching you work and I, I really enjoy getting to sort of be a, a fly on the wall and see all the things that you do in the world of copywriting. Um, so yeah, so uh, thanks for joining us for this episode today. Uh, I, hope, I hope this has been beneficial to you. I, I hope there's been some things that you can really take away and, and either just think about or apply to your situation, whether you're running a one-man shop or whether you're working for a corporation. Um, I think there's... In the world of copywriting, there's all and just content marketing in general, there's a lot to consider. Um, and so I hope this episode has sort of helped you along that road. So thanks for joining us on the, the Big Brand Theory podcast. You're, of course, always welcome to follow us, like us, do all the things on you know Instagram and the, and the interwebs to continue to follow our content as we put it out. Um, we would love for you to join us on this journey. Um, and so, yeah, thanks for joining us for this episode and you all stay toasty. Hey, hey, guys, we so appreciate you listening in and for your support. And we want to continue to put out excellent content for you. So if you could head to bigbrandtheorypodcast.com and find the survey button to let us know some of your thoughts on the podcast and what you'd like to hear about, that would be a great help to us. Thank you.